Welcome to the One America podcast. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and this is Thursday Thought Segment. I'm not going to keep you long today, but I do want to weigh in on the events of the past week here in the United States of America, particularly in the nation's capital. And I want to talk to you, all of my fellow Americans who are listening, and of course, our friends around the globe. First and foremost, I want you to know that we will get through this. And I'm not just saying that to say it. I believe it. Uh, America is strong. America is resilient. America is great. America is free. America is a beacon of light to the rest of the world, even in our darkest moments. We show up when we show up as 10 Republican members of Congress did yesterday and the overwhelming majority of Democrats showed up yesterday in our nation's capital when only for the fourth time was an article of impeachment considered for a president and only for the first time was a U.S. president impeached for a second time. Let me say that again. Andrew Johnson, 1868. Bill Clinton, 1999. Donald Trump, 2019. Not convicted by the Senate in 2020. And then, in an unprecedented move by the House of Representatives, the President of the United States was impeached for inciting insurrection and sedition against the United States of America. Just pause and take that in for a moment. That is astounding. It is stunning. It's historical. It's disappointing. It's heartbreaking. It's sad. But I wanted to come on and and address some of the things that I've been saying on television over the past week or so that I've been writing in my pieces and my colleagues have been writing and we've been talking about and where the people seem to be. A few observations. First and foremost, we are divided. And we are deeply divided. And I think that as much as I like to think I have my finger on the pulse of America and our politics and our divisions, I think I underestimated how angry these Trump supporters were, how organized they were, how uh, radicalized they've become. And sadly for them, and I say this from the bottom of my heart as a American, they've been lied to, the big lie If you've seen the hashtag, the big lie, the big lie is what Donald Trump started the day after the election, actually before the election. But the big lie is Donald Trump saying to the nation, to his base, to the world that the election was stolen from him, that he won by a landslide, that there were uh, election irregularities and frauds that were on a massive scale ever seen. Let me put that to rest. That's a lie. It's not a lie because I say it is. It's a lie because 60 court cases were brought by Trump and his attorneys, and all of them were thrown out. It's a lie because Republican secretaries of states in Georgia and in Pennsylvania and in Arizona all certified their election results after recounts, after canvassing and doing what they were asked to do by the Trump team with no proof that anything had gone wrong or that there were, in fact, irregularities, they gave them the benefit of the doubt. This country sat by for months and watched a president who could not do what every other person for 240 plus years has done. When they lose an election, they call up the person they ran against the same night 
or the next day. In Hillary Clinton's case, she called him in 2016, but she didn't concede to the nation until the next morning. But in every other instance, there's been a phone call, or I suspect back in the years before we had phones, a telegram or however they did it by letter to say, congratulations on your victory. Now the nation will unite behind you. He didn't do that in November. He didn't do it in December, and he still hasn't done it in January. The fact of the matter is Donald Trump is a liar. Donald Trump is not a good person. Donald Trump is a narcissist. Donald Trump is greedy. He reminds me of the character Gordon Gecko in the movie Wall Street, one of my favorite movies. Uh, you have to be a kid of the 80s really to, to appreciate the movie Wall Street. And Michael Douglas does an amazing job playing this very Donald Trump-like character who is all about excess and greed and women and indulgences and uh, breaking the law, bending the law, um, ingratiating himself with those that may have looked down on him, whatever it is. And that's Trump. I grew up in a child of the 70s and a teen and young adult in the 1980s through the 1990s. And... Donald Trump was always on the Inquirer magazine and he was on People magazine and he was always with some woman. He was always building something bigger and something brighter and something with more gold. He was the bad boy back then. So why then does it surprise anyone that this man, we gave him the levers of power to the most powerful democracy on earth and that he has crashed and burned badly. He has made history in all the wrong ways. He has disgraced himself, his name, the name of his family, and the future for his children and his grandchildren. He is, as my nana used to say, one who did not understand that karma and reaping and sowing is real. And sometimes it happens right away. Sometimes it takes a few years. Sometimes it takes decades. In this case, Donald Trump is the classic example of what my grandmother used to say. There's a running day and there's a catching day. And on January 13, 2021, Donald Trump was caught again by the United States Congress. I give a hat tip to Nancy Pelosi, a woman in her now early 80s, who is the first female speaker of the House, reelected several times now. She's tough. She's strong. She's brave. She's smart. And I applaud Liz Cheney, who I know, and those other Republican House members, only 10, only 10 out of 211 after a siege at the Capitol, after hearing the president on tape trying to shake down the Georgia Secretary of State and get him to flip over an election, only 10 voted to impeach. But even in that small number, it is the most bipartisan impeachment ever in the history of the country out of the four, because Donald Trump has now been impeached twice, and then you had the two others. And in the Senate, I believe he will be convicted. He will probably be convicted after Joe Biden is sworn in next Wednesday. Uh, given the calendar, given uh, the state of where we find ourselves, I, uh, I'm in agreement with Mitch McConnell that um, our focus right now needs to be making sure that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris's inauguration is safe and secure and goes off without a hitch so that they can start 
and then the articles of impeachment will be transmitted when Speaker Pelosi works that out with the Senate, and then they will begin a trial to remove him. We do know that he can be uh, removed, impeached he's already been, but removed in the symbolic sense because they do it to judges. Um, And it's basically a stripping away of the powers that you had, of the uh, privileges that you get post-presidency. And the most important thing about this is that Donald Trump will be stopped from ever holding public office again. And I think that's really what everybody's after. But let me say this, the politics aside, we cannot fix what we will not face. That goes for your marriage. It goes for your relationships. It goes for your job. It goes for any human interaction you ever have. It goes for you dealing with you, because if you can't look in the mirror and face that you have problems, if you can't look in the mirror and own that you aren't living your best life, that you aren't being who you want to be, that you aren't showing up in the best way that you can, you will never, ever be able to get where you want to go. That applies right now to the great United States of America. Do not miss what I'm about to say. Unless we can face the fact, as we kept ducking around this damn thing and swimming around this thing from 1776 till today, we have not dealt with our original sin of racism and slavery. You cannot hear me on this, particularly those of you who are white evangelical Christians. Don't run away. Deal with it. Stop running and start listening. We cannot be a nation with the stain of of the blood and the souls and the marring of millions of Africans that we stole from their homeland. We enslaved them against their will. They were raped, abused, violated, used, not paid a nickel for their work, not like indentured servants from Ireland and other places. They were dehumanized like animals, sold off, babies sold off. That is a sin against God. That is a sin against the land. It is a sin against humanity to do such a thing. And to think that we would do that and then the civil war would happen and we would then spill the blood of hundreds of thousands of young men on both sides, that we would be so embedded in and so entitled in the South to feel that we had the right to enslave these people, that they were property, not humans. And that somehow we thought we could get through that and then go to 100 years of Jim Crow where people were lynched beat, locked out of their rights of enfranchisement to vote, to eat in a restaurant, to sit in a train car. The big problem that I see and what I saw on January the 6th in the nation's capital was ignorance. Ignorance. You don't have a clue about history. And some of that is not the fault of those people because we've lied. We've covered up. We've denied. We don't want to tell the truth about our history and the ugliness of it and the marring of it because it's painful when you have to look in the mirror and say, I'm an alcoholic. It's painful when you have to look in the mirror and say, I'm a drug abuser. It's painful when you have to look in the mirror and say, I've ruined my marriage. My spouse hates me. My kids hate hate me. It's painful when you have to look in the mirror and say, I have indulged myself and gorged myself in drugs and sex and vile things and things that I didn't even believe I could do. But the only way we change, the only way we shift, the only way we pivot is when we can look in the mirror and say, damn it, 
This isn't who I want to be. This is not working. This isn't good. There's no goodness that comes from this. That is where we are, America. We must face it if we want to fix it. I'm not going to be long today because my heart is hurt. I'm hurt that a once great party, the Republican Party founded by Abraham Lincoln, is broken. It's done. It is not the Republican Party anymore. It has become some type of alt-right, angry, uh, insurrectionist, white nationalist, uh, white power movement party. That's what it is. And Republicans like me walked away. We became never Trumpers and now we're politically homeless. Not sure what we're going to do. It is no longer the party of Jack Kemp or George Herbert Walker Bush or Everett Dirksen or Margaret Chase Smith or Teddy Roosevelt or Abraham Lincoln or Dwight Eisenhower or Ronald Reagan. It is no longer a party of ideas about low deficits, capitalism thriving, All rising tides, lifting all boats, empowering people to own their own property, to control their own destiny. It is no longer a party that believes that America shouldn't be a debtor nation, that we should be a creditor nation. Our deficits in the trillions will never get them paid off. Student loan debt in the trillions. America is broken. But we can come back if we have the courage to face what ails us, to face what is broken, to face our demons, to to face our shortcomings, and stop all this lying. Stop all the yelling and screaming about, it's my country, it's my capital, this is our America. No, damn it, no, it's not your America, it's not your country, it's our America, it's our country. Ours, e pluribus unum, out of many, one, our America. And we're going to have to learn to get along. And that can no longer mean white comfort at the expense of everything else, that we don't tell the truth, that we let black people get murdered and stopped by the police. And when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, a knee as a gentleman in silent protest, Not because he doesn't love the national anthem. Not because he doesn't love America. He's making a point to say, this cannot be America. That's exactly what Dr. King did in the I Have a Dream speech. Stop quoting sections that you like and read the whole damn speech and listen to it. Go read the letter from a Birmingham jail. Enlighten yourself. Learn about challenging authority and speaking truth to power. That's how we change. That's how we heal. That's how we get better. Stop muting me so that you feel better. Stop stop not wanting to deal in realities that, that don't affect you. And so because it doesn't affect you, you don't think we have to talk about it. And then you get mad and storm the Capitol and want to burn stuff down. And, and, and you murder police officers and, and other rioters tragically shot to death. Uh, Some died through unbelievable accidents, slipping, falling, hitting their heads in, in their riot. What is wrong with us? Everybody is looking. They're watching. The world is watching and going, what the hell happened in America? I'll tell you what happened. Donald Trump. But it's not all his fault. This has been brewing for a long time. He's just the guy that lit the match. He's just the guy that incited the, the rioting. He's the guy that incited this madness. We're going to come back now. And I've said this before, and I'm going to wrap with this. Joe Biden, Joseph R. Biden, 
in the twilight of his life at 78 years old. Tried to run for president many times, failed. Came up short. Got to be vice president to the nation's first black president for eight years. Good choice that Obama made. Biden's steady hand, well-known. Many years in the Senate, foreign affairs experience, judiciary experience. Uh, A gentleman. Everybody likes Joe. Everybody likes Joe. But I said this before, and I see it clear when Joe Biden announced that he was running two years ago, and he opened with Charlottesville and said that's why he ran, that this nation had to live up to our ideas. I knew then God was going to have this man be the one to lead us out of this. I believe Joe Biden's a one-term president. He'll be 82 well, in 2024, I doubt he's going to want to run again, but I believe he's a transitional president. God has put him here for such a time as this. Evangelicals, you want to talk about God's man? Joe Biden's the guy you ought to be looking at, not Donald Trump, not a man who holds a Bible upside down and doesn't pray and doesn't know God and has had three wives and committed adultery and, and paid off porn stars and done all the filth he's done. That's the man you held up. You ought to be looking at Joe Biden. A man who lost his first wife and baby daughter in a horrific car crash as he had just won the U.S. Senate at barely 30 years old. His two baby boys, badly injured, didn't know if they'd make it. That man, that 29 going on 30-year-old man who experienced the worst of what life has to offer. Fast forward to the 78-year-old man married to the same woman. God gave him another daughter. Lost one of the two sons, to brain cancer a few years ago. That same Joe Biden gets up and is an optimist. That same Joe Biden has conducted himself like a gentleman throughout the course of this nightmare that Donald Trump has imposed on all of us. That same Joe Biden has the most diverse cabinet in the history of America ever. That same Joe Biden, every day when he talks to us, lifts us. He tweets that we can get through this. He tweets that we're going to beat back the virus. He tweets that we're going to get the vaccine done. He's an encourager. He's a builder. He's a lifter. Not an angry word has come out of his mouth. Not a divisive word. He extended his hand to that man in the White House many times and said, I'll talk to him if he calls. I'll meet with him if he wants to meet. That's the guy you want to keep your eye on. That's God's guy. That's God's man. A man for such a time as this. In the twilight of his days, the the young lion has become the elder statesman. He's trusted. He's tested in fire of the worst kind that you and I never want to know. And yet he always has that smile. He always has a hug. He always has an extended hand. That's the kind of person I want leading my country. I don't care about his party. I like his character. So I'm going to end where I began. We will never fix what is broken in our hearts and in our country until we face it, until we talk, until we listen, until we start caring about my brother's experience instead of just my own, until we can start having empathy and kindness and goodness towards one another. We will never get out of this hole that we are in and that we keep going back to again and again and again. I love America. She is a shining city on a hill, but right now she's dusty and she's marred and she's been a little skanked up. But we can get back up. We can do this together. 
because we're in this together. And I just want to remind you, as I reminded myself this morning, if there are things you don't like in your life, only you can fix them. And you fix them by first having the courage to face them. God bless you. God bless the United States. And may God bless our troops. Thank you.